G'day, party people. This is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma, and we'll be sharing juicy stories. Our biggest secrets. The what not to do. The lessons we've learned. All the mistakes. And too many times we've been baked. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. Hey guys, welcome back to The Breakfast Club. This morning we are recording a our first episode actually on our podcast. Oh, very exciting. This one's been in the works for a while now. It's probably like the start of COVID where start Gabby COVID. returned back from New York City. We finally got her back and we were both talking very deeply about what this all meant. A bit different from what our families think of me. Oh my so gosh, yeah. That's been really interesting. And we're like, oh, you know what? Let's just start recording ourselves. And it's definitely been maybe a- one other person in the world want to listen to us. Maybe not. Maybe we, it's we just will to- see. Yeah. It's been a journey and a half though. Like Emma and I have been trying to plan out this podcast for about uh, two months now, I want to say. Mm. Um, but we finally gathered things together. So we're going to introduce ourselves. So Emma, if you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Me? I don't even know where to begin at the moment. <laughs> Still <laughs> feeling super fried from my exams last week. Um, exams? How about this pandemic that we're currently going on? Oh, that at? too, right? I feel like there's just so many emotions in the air that I'm trying to like, and that I really enjoyed isolating to protect myself from them. Thank God. It's been great. Exams. I feel like a couple of people are like, oh, you know, ISO is like, I feel like ISO is probably like one of the best things that's ever happened to oh, me. Oh, sure. If I, I was so excited to not have to make up excuses to not socialize. Sorry, friends. <laughs> <laughs> it was just beautiful. Like, I think it really came in a beautiful time in my life as well. Like, I've done a fair bit of work on myself. Um, over the past couple of years, I've been able to actually sit with myself. Prior to that, I was just a social butterfly and this this pandemic would have driven me insane. So would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? I am. This is what I was going to ask you a question as well about like what's something people misunderstand about you. Yeah. And for me, I'll go ahead and answer that. It's the fact that my personality, everything about me, especially up until like 25 years old, was just extrovert, extrovert. Like I was yeah. just... Or 24-7 social butterfly, totally in avoidance of spending any time with myself. But the real me and the more like I spend time with myself and do the work and sit with myself and meditate and realize um, I am an introvert. Introvert. I'm an introvert and I need my alone time. Like I need it to like reboot because when I'm around other people... I come across as such an extrovert, which but you I get am, your energy from other I'm, people, right? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I give it. Oh, I'm giving give my it. energy away. So I get it. So that's why people. I need to go back home and like kind of like recharge, literally like plug myself in like an iPhone. Like I'm not gonna last all day. These iPhones don't last long. No. And I think the older <laughs> I get, the less analogy. longer I last. Like this iPhone here, it's like the less longer that battery lasts. So I, yeah, I really had to realize that. I think that I've given away so much energy my whole life that. Like when I hit 25, I was like meditating for hours on end of day. I don't think I've ever seen you in a state of you being completely like dead in the brain. Mm. Ever. That's good. I don't want to be dead. I mean, yay. No, but I mean, you seem to always be like that kind of really outgoing person, whether or not that's just because I'm around or there's other people around or I don't know. Yeah, when other people are there, I feel like I think I tap into my like, you have to entertain and yeah. be like a hundred percent. But when it comes to focusing, I think myself, I find it better. I can't focus with other people around. I have to be by myself to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So 
in amongst everything going on and you doing uni work at the moment, tell everyone like what you've been up to over, over like the last five years. Shivers, five years, that's a long time. Let's oh. take it from like Gold Coast to USA because that's okay, that's five years. Yeah, good connection. So, 2000, yeah, so five years would have been I was getting ready to go overseas to do a year abroad in the University of Miami and UM, yeah, the U. (laughs) And then, um, I see I was preparing for that and then I went overseas all of 2016, I spent in the USA. I came and saw you a few times in New York. She came up to New York to see me Thanksgiving. Was it Thanksgiving? It was was Thanksgiving and Christmas. We had Easter, Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Yes, that was amazing. I fell in love with New York. I know I'll be back there whenever this thing dies off. I guess it would be interesting to see when you'll be back there. Um, Yeah, and then I just fell in love with the USA um, in the most weirdest way possible. I was doing a lot of broadcast journalism there. So for me... I was in love with the drama that we don't have in Australia because we are oh, very Oh, it's so easy to get lucky. attached to. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, there was lots of news. Like, a shooting was just, you know, a bit of news. So, and that's, like, such a weird thing to be like, ooh, I thrive off this because it's like, I also want to go back home and be like, live under my rock again and feel safe. We're not used to hearing about mass shootings in our country ever or anyone getting shot by a gun, really. And then, like, suddenly mm. to step into a country where that's a normal thing. Yeah. You know, it's normal for that to happen every single day. It's such a big shock and you kind of – it's hard to understand why it's still happening, you know? Mm. Well, we know why. We know why. But, like, <laughs> at, this, at the same time, I – like, and I totally get it. Like, for me, like, imagine – so I remember being – having a slow day I was at my internship for channel seven where it's like talking about some robbery someone's gone and like looking at some video footage. yeah totally normal um, yep. in like yeah in Miami <laughs> day like so they're like this is a slow day it's just a casual robbery I'm like okay oh, sweet um and then they get finally there's news that come through and they're super excited and we get the news to go to the location before we know what's going on right yeah. so I'm in the back of this car it's like cool I don't oh know my gosh we're that's going so scary the, yeah we're going to the ghetto um and the hood the hood, the hood of Miami is not like it's not a beautiful place. Where that's is that? Sure. Is, is that like South Miami? Like whereabouts? Like, just kind of like inland. Inland. Yeah. Right, okay. Um. I honestly didn't know where I was. So okay. That was another thing. I'm just in this car, like, because all of it. As soon as you get inland, I'm like, I have no idea. So, and then they're like, get the call through the radio. They're like, oh, okay, we're going to a shooting. It's a shooting. And I'm are you like, kidding? Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know about this. And I was like. Oh, and they've looked in the back and I'm kind of like a little bit like, shit, go to my first what, shooting. Are you, are you And they look what? at me and they're like, oh, Australia. Like, a, have you like, been get on out there. Let's go. <laughs> have you been to a shooting before? And I was like, would not like no, to. <laughs> I live in Australia. Like, when would I just casually just rocked up to my like local shooting? Like, oh we don't goodness, have shooting. We don't have shootings. Yeah. No. So we rock up and like, just for TV. What was it going on? Like, how like. So it was one car chased another car. Was and it happening while you were in no, the No, this guy was dead. Okay. He was shot. He okay. was dead um, oh by the gosh. time we got there. Um, and we had... So when we got there, there was kind of like police tape everywhere, whatever. Like, And yeah. a, a car that was like jammed into a corner of a house on a corner. Oh. So the kid in it was 24 years old. I was 24 at the time. And he'd just been like shot up. And there's kids running around the street. Like as young as like five. Um, and then I walked up to these kids like... Because it's so normal for them, the people I was with. Like, I'm getting really overwhelmed yeah. thinking about this. Oh, I had anxiety level out of like, 10. Okay, 
Um, they're like, okay, go interview, figure out what happened. They're just sent me away. I'm like, okay, I swear, I'll go. And then I was talking <laughs> to these kids and I'm like, what happened? Why are you up? It's like 10 p.m. Why are you not asleep? And they're just like, one of them had gloves, right? And all this red on her hands. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, oh, we're just dyeing each other's hair. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. All good. Like, you don't you just murder but someone. But was it that? really? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. So and then they were so casual. The thing that shocked me the most wasn't the shooting, wasn't anything. It was the fact that there was kids that were like anywhere from five to 14 years old running around in the neighborhood and so casual. Like this is just what happened and there's going to be revenge. It's going to be revenge. They're going to come back. Chill. They weren't nervous. I was hypervigilant. I was like in fight or flight mode. And they're just like, this is the norm for these people, right? And comparing it to obviously my norm. Then there's this guy going up the street in his wheelchair, like, like it's an electric wheelchair <laughs> in the middle of the road. And I remember thinking, seeing him being like, that's dangerous. And then like, I'm talking to somebody and I hear this big boom. And this car is coming the street and hit the guy in a wheelchair. He hit him. Was, yeah, the, wheel, like, was the guy in the wheelchair going the wrong way? Or? Well, he was in the middle of the road. So I probably right. just couldn't see him. Like, or something. Okay. Like, okay. I'm sure yeah, it was that, an accident. That's a fair excuse to yeah. hit someone. Well, he wouldn't have... Not, like, it was an accident. I think they were just, like, driving in the road. Oh and then this guy's in the middle of the road. They wouldn't have seen it. Was he okay? Um... I don't know, but they sent me in through the police tape. Through the, you have to go They're through like, the police could tape. Could you, oh, you're straight. Just go through the <laughs> just police it, tape mate. and get Grab to, your kangaroo while you're at it. <laughs> just ride your kangaroo through the police tape. Go tell the policeman that we need an ambulance for this other guy now. Like, stuff the guy who's already dead. We need this ambulance for this guy who's in a wheelchair. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, through. That's and terrifying. I'm like putting my hands up. I'm like, oh my God, I could get just like, Shot. Shot. Running through a place. Oh, especially tape. now. Like, yeah. during. Anyways. Yeah, I was That's just insane. like, oh my God, this is wild. So, like, it, the whole night was, like, super interesting. Yeah. I, f- yeah. I feel like it is such a norm over there to, like, wake up to the news and just hear terrible things. You come to Australia on the news, there's, like, oh my God, like, there's a new koala in. Mm. <laughs> but until I had experienced that, I was just, like, didn't actually understand. And now I don't actually understand, but I do understand that, like, I suppose these kids, right, they're growing up and this is their norm. I didn't grow up anything like that. I lived under a rock, mate. Like, my, I lived in the little bubble wrap. Like, my parents did everything for me. Like, this beautiful neighborhood. Like, I get oh, why so, they would so be close. like, well, we need a gun in our house. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you're growing up like that. It's like, why do I not Something need a gun to protect in my house? you, yeah, of course. Yeah, this is going to protect me, so... I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. And I think that, that I'm so grateful. The most biggest thing about traveling, I think for Australians is that we've become so grateful of where we're from. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's like, come to the best beach in this place. And you're like, that's nothing about yeah, that's our nothing. best beach. <laughs> or this is the norm. Like people shooting each other. You're like, whoa, the fact that like the social contract of Australia, what we give up in terms of freedom we get in terms of security it's just so different we are really lucky we are so lucky in this country like it's everything's so easily accessible um because not only because our population is a lot smaller but that's what also makes everything harder in the u.s it just causes things to kind of get out of control which is currently what's happening over there right now during Mm. the pandemic well look at like i guess what they australia's been able to do in regards to toning it down and keeping us all 
safe, healthy, bare minimums. They're giving away a lot of money at the moment to look up. It's to look, and it, you know, it's to look after the fact that they don't want us to get out of control. Yeah. Yeah. So like we have the ability to do that with 24 million people as a population. But I also think... They don't have the ability to do that with the population as you speak about. In terms of controlling our country too, like we have rules, whereas Americans, like they have guidelines. So like we get fines, like... When I had to self-quarantine for like 14 days, if you left the house, you would get fined like, I think it was like $14,000. Okay, yeah. It was so much money. And like, there's still things like, you know, if you'd cross the border, you'd get a fine. It's not like that in the US. They have guidelines that they follow, you know? Yeah. And, And here we actually have rules in place, which actually forces people to think, okay, well, if I do this wrong, I'm going to be charged this. So I think... I, it it would be a lot harder to control in the states because people would be like, "Are oh, you taking my right of freedom away from me?" Yeah, which you is know? what which we is saw, right, with back. the rioting. Yes, where it began. Where it was, began. Yeah, um, was a lot of people being like, "You can't force me to do these regulations." Yeah, like, and that was the Republican side, and Trump was kind of like on board with that and implementing it, and like he thought that was their right to freedom. Yet we see the other end of the scale oh when people gosh. are now protesting for. Black Lives Matter, and he's going, this is outrageous that they're protesting for that. I guess the rioters are a bit different from the pro- peaceful protesters. But um, I do you, see, you see them being like the different sides of it. It's funny that we've gone straight into America. Um, I guess I really want to know. I, it's, just, it's easy to connect because you and I have both lived in that country together. And they're... Well, it's a perspective. But there aren't many... Uh, I wouldn't say there aren't many, but like lots of Australians don't know that side until you live over there and you mm. really get that perspective from yeah. someone who has. I guess there's not a lot of empathy you gain when you're there. Yeah. Like you can gain the compassion firsthand. One of my friends who was black, she basically gave me like a 15 minute rundown on her life and like, I guess the intergenerational like pain that's come from the slavery even though she's yeah she's like yeah i'm at uni but do you think like a couple of generations above me wasn't slaves like america's very uh, you hand your money down you look after your family yeah, you, your parents like it's always about i'm working hard family, so i can yeah. send my kids to college right so they have that more idea whereas we allow the government to take care of that yeah. in australia because we're lucky enough to have that but um she's like what i and i remember her saying the compliment I got as a kid mm. was you're pretty for a black girl. And like, so I That's obviously so she told me a lot I more, but I was just like, until you actually have those one-on-one conversations with somebody mm. and you get to know them and you understand them and you can sit there and give them compassion and empathy, but not even that, they don't want you to feel sorry for them. They just want you to be like, Hey, have an understanding that this actually happened. We didn't make it up. Like until that actually happens and you, I guess you have to be friends with them in order to understand. Understand. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the same with a couple of my friends as well, especially the ones that I met through college in New York. Like, not only that, but even given the fact that I studied theatre, it still takes you back to history because theatre is based on history. Mm. And you learn so much. And and even having to discuss uh, things with your friends in in your class, like it's so interesting to hear other people's perspective on, you know, how, how things were back in the day. Because, I mean, we you don't know that. You, you can only learn so much at school, but it's up to you to have to learn the rest and the deep stuff on your own. A hundred percent. Yeah. And even in our schools in Australia, they don't teach us anything. They don't teach anything. No, they don't teach anything. And I've seen a lot of people come out recently. Uh, one of my favorite ones was like someone who never posts on Facebook. And she was like, um, 
I only learned in my fifth year of education, like um, university education, about the history of Australia and what we actually did when we arrived here. Um, so I basically, like, it, that's what you need to fix. Wasn't it ScoMo that was saying the other day that uh, slavery wasn't a thing in our country when it really was? Are you, like, yeah, that's, like, it, the world's he, greatest lie. He, I think, I, think I, I, I heard it on the radio or something that he, he was basically telling someone, you know, like, it's not the same because we didn't have slavery in this country, but we did. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh, we from, did. We stole this land from yeah. the Aboriginals, yeah. you know? and. Mm. Like, just taking back to our time, that's huge. That's, like, this. we use those Aboriginals as slaves to help build crops and yeah. and to plant everything in And imagine, situation. like, what we don't know. Because, like, I'm. this is what intrigues me, I suppose. Like, like what something you're curious about right now. For me, it's, like, what I don't know. Like, what I think that I've got down pat because I've heard a couple of things. And that's, yeah. I suppose, what a lot of majority of Australia is like. The majority of the world, we think we know. Like, I've had these arguments. Oh, yeah. Constantly, I'll, like, hear something on alternative narrative at the moment. I'll bring it to my dad my parents. And my parents are pretty, like, what we hear on the news is what we hear on the news. And that's what we have to believe. No. Like, even though they're not, like naive i wouldn't say they're naive but that they just are they looking at one news source i guess if you look at one news source that's what you're going to get it's just so much more than looking at the news you have to think outside the box like conspiracy theories you know like there's a reason why those exist like just gotta lay out a random example aliens for example no one talks about aliens but there's been so much evidence i know this is such a random topic to go on no i like it's great but there's i wouldn't so be surprised much aliens drive right now like they'll drive 2020 there's been photos there's been videos that you know like men in black that's based on a real thing right mm, they yeah. used to take these people away and you know make sure they'd shut the hell up just for not letting it out into the public so you don't know, like, that they're keeping facts from us everywhere. Oh, for like, sure. Because it's all to, like, control us. Like, the first thing... Yeah, oh, the, okay, okay, so the government is... The government is here to control. Yeah. So, so they're going to do what they can do. I don't know if I told you this, but um, my brother... So, my brother. Is this you know alien-related? No, but oh, it's okay. about control. I think that all of this is about control from the government. Because otherwise... When you look at it and we've got this situation in our hands right now, Australia, we go, we've done well with the economy. We go straight into debt because we need to control the people. And that's what it takes. We take It takes the fact that we need to give them money in order to keep them safe and yeah. to keep them secure and not from rioting. Mm. And it's it's a version of control. Yeah. Um, we're always, the government's all they want to do is control. Back in the day, in the 60s, 70s, even 50s, um, acid was a big thing everything one was taking and hallucinogenics yeah. um psychedelics which actually have not been proven to be bad for not, you in any way but, but the government telling you it is makes you believe mm. it so because a lot of people went anti-systematic they were like we don't want to we understand like okay take mushies for example mm-hmm. you're taking you're like why the fuck am i working <laughs> five days a week like like beautiful nature like you kind of just it opens you up appreciate your mind there's a lot more. of studies behind how amazing it is for you either way the government said no because what had happened was people were going anti-systematic so they didn't want to be part of the government and obviously that was spreading so they had to shut it down um mm. so what happened instantly and i found interesting yeah with, um because i've done so much research into like the fact that cuba china all those countries russia they're controlled right they're yes. controlled by the government so how are they controlled through the media through their phones through the fact that fa- they're not allowed facebook they're not allowed social media they're not allowed to hear alternative narratives which is another word that i call for conspiracy theories because it makes it sound too like woo um and the way they're controlled is through that That's the first so thing up, our though. government wanted to do was put tabs on our fucking phone 
And God no. Check. Remember how they like we want to uh, download it. Everyone downloaded. I the actually app. didn't know this. They wanted everyone to download the app. They did it in Singapore. What, or something. what app was it? It was going to be like a tracker. Like so, we to track it, where you are. But don't they have that on the iPhones already? Well, if they wanted to, but they don't have like I guess you would. You know how you just click like I agree, I agree. Like you don't really read. Yeah, you're you agreeing don't read to. Anything. It would basically be like we have now have all your information. I agree, and you just click I agree. So anyone who downloaded the app would be agreeing that the government has all their information. Do you think they'll and end up cloning us one day and just like? <laughs> they would love to. As if they wouldn't, that'd be so perfect. It's like have them. you seen that that oh what's it called when you take the swab and it's like uh to uh, me to I forget what the name is. But it's like you take the swab, basically. It's like for like some teeth cleaning thing, I think. Have you heard of it? No. And people like cons- conspire that, you know, they're going to end up cloning people from like the swabs from that the they've swab. taken. Yeah. I love to see another me running around, that poor child. <laughs> Likewise. Bless, we can get up to bless. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like I would love to have a clone. Like you could sit my exam while I go and do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically with this, app it was like they were convincing people that this was going to stop the spread because if i came into contact with you on a bus or something we were in the same it would pick up on the fact that we're in the same area um and it would then be able to like if that person who was on the bus had it some weeks later whatever the fuck they would be able to contact you either way i was like this is because of shit they've had this prep for so long but they're trying to keep like they're trying to keep tabs on us and i can't i don't know i just get so over if i see an ad about something i've spoken about i'm like that's so annoying like at least be a little bit more subtle about it if you're gonna do it yeah my brother he's a pharmacist (laughs) i guess he was on the front line in those first initial months where like he would have to go to work no matter what right people need their scripts Mm -hmm. um people need normal medication even though it might not be corona related. Right. Um, so he was like thinking, like he was convinced. He's like, okay, this will just stop the spread. I'm like, this will magically stop this like deadly virus. So I come to dinner and it was Monday night. So everyone's at dinner. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, so why are you not going to get the app? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like I've never seen you arc up. And I was just like, look, I understand where you're coming from. You're on the front line. You're a pharmacist. You're pretty straighty 180. So he was actually trying to convince you to get it. You truly believe that this is going to like, you believe what the government tells you, right? That's who you are. I don't. I don't believe it. I've been to Cuba. I've like seen, I've seen things and I've researched things where I understand that controlled states come from this sort of stuff. Like, and I, and either way I'm anti it. And so I had to end up being like, he just kept going and going and going. And he ended up being like to me, I would say you have a low IQ, but that is a compliment. You have no IQ. It was so interesting to see like two people who have completely different experience in the world. Yeah. Um, he's traveled for a six week trip to Europe, but like he hasn't lived anywhere else or anything. And, and so he's different. super intelligent and he's on the front line, but he's also one of those people who's like, was he, he just believes what stuff's been given to him. And that's what frustrates but me. But that's what I feel like with the Black Lives Matter. You know, like unless you really... You, you have experienced it and you have friends that are in amongst it. You don't understand. If you're like, white and you're saying even... this is over an overreaction, oh get my gosh, get Like, I'm sorry. Like, you've never experienced you you, Of course you can say it's so an overreaction. You've never experienced it. We are it. so privileged. And the fact that they don't understand privilege as being like a right away, then that's where they're wrong. You yeah. Know? Because yeah. Like, we're, we're handed so much that they aren't. Like, I think I saw there was like this really, really great video I posted um, on my Instagram one time. And 
this guy uh, was taking this physical education class out on a football field, giving them a test. I think 50% were black, 50% were white, right? He told them to line up. And basically he said, whoever finishes this race gets $100, right? So he stands at the end. And then he's like, okay, I want you to step forward if you have had two um, parents raise you in a household and all the white people walk forward. And basically, like, he asked 10 questions where, like, all the black people basically just still staying oh, they on the same line. Moved. They yeah. had not moved. And then at the end, he was like, now I want you guys to turn around and look who's standing on the line. And he <gasps> says, like... Do you see, if you don't understand this exercise, then you are stupid. I was brought up in a household where I was very privileged as a younger kid. I was able to kind of get everything I wanted without any hassle. There are very few people on the Gold Coast, even Australia, that have had the opportunity to live in another country and work or go to university. And I think that's where Emma and I relate best. And like, it wasn't meant to be an episode of us <laughs> ranting about the States and Australia and the current time and well-being of the pandemic. But unfortunately, like, you know, like things, you don't always plan things out that are going to happen. And this is just how it had to be for our first episode, yeah. which is fine. No, I'm excited. I feel I'm like um, there's a lot of passion in there. Definitely. Um and I think that at the moment as well, like what I really wanted to touch base on um, to finish this off is like, there's so much going on in the world, right? And for me, it is, it all comes back to maybe one or, and two things. So like we've got the Black Lives Matter, everything that's happened with George Floyd, which is, yeah. I think it's like, I think everything has happened in 2020. Some people are like, let it be over. I love it. I, I love it. I think it's the best year yeah, so far. People have awakened. People have felt their pain. Right, people have had to yeah. sit with themselves. For me, I've got to like experience like and really start to be like, okay, sweet. What do you really want? Like what's going on in this world? And like, what do you really want to do with it? And I said this a couple of years ago, like I brought like a domain name. I was like 2020 vision. Like, cause, uh-huh. and because the biggest thing that happened for me when I was living in Bali was I got hit by a scooter and I nearly lost my eye and then when I went and got all these tests done they're like you know you have 2020 vision and I was just like so grateful I'm like oh my god I've lost even though I really wanted oh these gosh. Bailey Nelson glasses and I kind of didn't want 2020 vision because they looked <laughs> really cool I was like oh my you god I have 2020 vision and 2020 was coming up and I've, it's always been this thing for me but like it's opened my eyes to the fact that like we all live under the one percenters Everything we get told, consumerism is about you don't have enough, you're not pretty enough, so get this. Your hair's not perfect enough, so buy this condition. Everything's about not being enough and we're a society of people who are addicted to more. I'm especially addicted to more. Like I've, this time next week, I will be one year sober and I was addicted to more and I had to just cleanse everything from my system because all I wanted was more, more, more. And if I get this, then I'll be happy. If I get this, then I'll be happy. If I, and then I I go into overeating, if I eat this whole meal and stuff my body, then I'll be happy. No, I'll be sick. I'll be vomiting, but okay. But that's what we are as a society. And that's what Instagram definitely is to our society. It's like the promotions, like, this girl's body or if like and we see things we want and we compare ourselves and we become not enough right and i think that that's something that like i really want to touch on if you're someone out there who feels like you need to have something or you once you reach this particular goal you've set for yourself you will feel enough i'm here to tell you that that's not true like mm. at all like you can have set all the goals in the world i have a family member who has all the money in the world they're not happy 
they're not happy. Like there's always a goal. And when it's always 20 meters in front of you, it will always be 20 meters in front of you, no matter how far you run and how fast you run. Even just like trusting your gut instincts. That's something I've learned a lot this year. You mm. know, like if For something sure. in your gut, like if that first initial feeling is this doesn't feel right, you just have to like trust it. Trust it with all your heart, no matter what you think because mm. your gut instinct is the number one thing that's telling you that something is wrong and you need to listen to yeah, that yeah wrong or right as well because like the thoughts in your head and what i will talk about more as well is where and we spoke about this before the show um yeah. we are so predetermined like our belief systems have been there since we were a child like mm. a lot of things that you say i'm like that's your mom that's your dad that's what happened when you were this age exactly. like, and i'm able to see that in you because i've been family with you but um a lot of these things there, so when, when you're listening to your head, you're listening to the criticism, the doubt, the cr- inner critic, right? My inner critic for years was my mum's voice and nothing was ever enough because she was kind of like, I bless her, she adores me, but yeah. she was just projecting her own insecurities onto me, right? So right. like when I listen to my head, I don't listen to my God. It's just the inner critic. It's just the self-doubt. So like, yeah. I think that's amazing that you brought that up and how, and I want to touch more on like how you've learned to listen to your gut because there's so many things in so many times that you've like, especially coming from New York, having to put your career on hold um, yeah. due to these circumstances. But now you've opened up, like, especially since the last time I saw you, you've opened up so much to like the possibilities of like staying here if you need to. I like, think you, you have to though. Like what option are you giving yourself if you just close yourself off? You know, you need mm. to be able to say, okay, this happened, right? Yeah. Now what's the next step? And mm. I think like if you keep, keep thinking about, you know, like, well, what could have been instead of what will be, then your perception on your career or even life is just going to change so much. Like if you're open to changes, Mm. you have to be open and willing to change. And if you're not, then you're you're not going to be able to improve in yourself or in anything you're going to do later Mm. in the future. Yeah. I love that. And I think that the, I guess the reason why I wanted to do this with you was because I've been able to see a, how much like how mature you are for your age through your experiences um Thanks. the deep conversations we get into <laughs> anytime and but that's through purely being on your own listening to your gut being overseas we do though like yeah. i think it's true like and i think also you need to like be able to surround yourself with i know for myself there's only like two or three people on the gold coast that i see quite often like mm. you included you don't need to be surrounded by millions of people choose the ones that are going to be life-changing for you and that really helped think um about your future people that have a major impact on your life if someone tells you come for a walk or whatever you can do that later they're not good for your life Mm. yeah if they're putting their own interest above yours yours then they're not really a friend and they're not your cheer you need to find the people that are your cheerleaders yes i have that on the back of my door you are your number one cheerleader exactly and good luck that's so so important (laughs) like you you don't need to be going to parties and like I feel like now especially with the fact that restaurants in Australia have opened up there are so many people that are out and about and they're charging so much and don't feel pressured don't feel pressured that you need to be out and about with those people like that just falls under peer pressure really think about what you want to do for yourself Mm, yeah and what's going to help benefit you yeah for years like I suppose the biggest thing for me is like I've been in both like recovery for 
a lot of things, mainly mental health. And my mental health like was a huge thing for me. And I just want to touch base on this because I think we'll get more into it in other episodes. But mainly like I lived in this not enough. And then yeah. my best Instagram life was mm. when I was living in Bali. I was living in a house that was like my cousins. I had 20 staff members. I was living the absolute dream and I was completely and utterly suicidal. Like I, but I had no awareness. Like I was like, just like living how society wanted me to live. I had the perfect grand life. Everyone was jealous of my so-called life that I was putting out and I was completely and utterly miserable. So my journey from that, which was like 2014, um, to where I've gotten now, which has been massive six years, everything I've learned in the meantime, like every situation I've had, like coming up against like, whether it's like the police and being like, holy moly, these people actually like, I not not being able to trust people and then also having to trust myself. Mm -hmm. But mainly this like, being stuck in what I'm like may sound like I'm judging society for this addicted to more and no never being enough I was yeah, totally that always. I'm that and I think that if people oh, can and you get always out of try there, to compare yourself to the best of the best but yeah. that's so hard because you are not like that well yeah you can you only want be a better be version of yourself, of yourself. Not, not anybody else not anybody yeah. else exactly and I think that like I think that if I want to share my experiences through that because if I can help just one person, right. then that's what my purpose was with that. But also, like, I think that if any, I, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I was the biggest party girl that had a thousand friends, as I said, a social butterfly, never spent time on my own. Like, I have completely evolved, like, right. so many different ways, gone into isolation and gone into, like, found solitude through my isolation. And now I'm having to come back out and, like, actually socialize again. So, exactly. it's no matter what's going on for you, I think that we will be able to help you from both our experiences. Especially like I I know from my experience, like when I was younger, obviously like competing and all that, I was a competitive dancer when I was younger, but I, I found it really easy, you know, like not only because the population of Australia is just so small, but the fact that I, I was, I, I mean, I was doing so well when I was young. I, I was winning lots of competitions and I found that really easily. Then when I went to New York and I started auditioning, you kind of get shut in the face a little bit because, you know, you're up against not just like 20 people, you're up against like 20,000 people. And that's what I found a lot more tough. And it's not always based on your ability. It's based on other things too. So the one thing I remember I used to tell you is like, if you get down to top six, right? Yeah. Because you would always get down to like top six. Top six. You're tall, like you have a really, really unique look, right? Yeah. It's not going to be what they basically by that stage you're all amazing you're all the best but we're Good. looking they for what you look like yeah we're looking yeah. for one specific thing and sometimes you don't fit into that category which is fine but that's what i've had to learn over my years and it's helped me grow so much because you're willing to see things so different and it's not just about it's not just about how good you are it there's so many other counters like that that act toward who they're going to choose at the end of the day so yeah. And yeah, and I suppose it's like you're you'd such experience with rejection through so that time. Much, so much rejection. That, Putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. So much rejection. So much rejection. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to build yeah. myself up to, and to I think learning that, how to accept. Mm. And rejection is something you have to accept at the end of the day. 
Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. I feel like we could speak forever at the moment. Forever. But we have to wrap we this up. We have to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening to our first Potty Nugget on Sheila's and Shenanigans. We hope you come back next week for more. Come back. Let us know what you think. Ask us any questions, anything you need to know about us, anything you want to know about us. Comment, subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, party people.